Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Julian's Archives, a collection of stories that's bound to entertain you one way or another. I'm your host, Julian Steinbach, and happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrated it this past Thursday. Um, I know I stayed in my hometown um, here in Lansing. I live in Lansing, but again, I'm from Detroit. Um, I stayed with my roommates and we had Friendsgiving and it was very good. Props to the chef. She really knows how to cook. Um, So you guys know the drill. We're going to tell a story and reflect on it, but we have a special guest joining us from the American Minutes podcast. Will Tarashek is going to be joining us live on the air. But after this positive affirmation, today's affirmation is going to be just a message on being thankful. Now, Thanksgiving was this Thursday, and I had to do a lot of reflecting um, this Thanksgiving because my grandmother, she passed away on Thanksgiving about a few years ago when I was in high school. She used to do a lot for me. I mean, she used to cheer me up when I'm having a bad day and, you know, just provide me with advice on how to deal with this life that I'm currently living right now. It was my grandma who played a big role in my life because I felt like she was also the third mom. In case you're wondering, the third mom is, well, the parents in my case will be my mom and my grandmother. And then my grandmothers on my father's side would happen to be the person who I look up to on a daily basis. She was like a role model. But it was that faithful day that reminds us that we have to be thankful for what we have because life is too short to not be thankful. And as I reflect back this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful actually that I grew up I didn't grow up with the best things, but I grew up with the life that was worth living. And I just could not be more thankful for that. So those are just some positive words on being thankful. Now for the main event. Time to grab some popcorn and your favorite wine because it's story time. Now, this episode is super special because for the first time on Julian's Archives, we have a special guest joining us who's going to be taking me down his own memory lane as well as taking him down mine. So it's a win-win situation. Um, Will Tesherick also hosts American Minute Podcast as well as King of the Rings Podcast, which is all about um, wrestling, which I used to love as a kid, but my sister overdid it by watching it too much. But anyway, um, let's go down memory lane with our guest, Will Tasherick. Well, welcome to my podcast called Julian's Archives. It's basically a comedic, dramatic podcast that recounts the stories of me growing up in my hometown, uh, Detroit, because growing up in Detroit for me was very interesting. So I said, why not recount the memories? I can only imagine. (laughs) I can only imagine what it was like growing up in Detroit. Well, where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. So suburb suburb of Boston, very... uh, traditional stereotypical suburban life but it was incredible not gonna lie uh, oh so you're uh by one of the you by harvard the ivy league school uh yeah well harvard door to door harvard's probably half hour 40 minutes from me you're taking uh, oh cool cool <laughs> Very nice, very nice. So the goal of um, the topic or the genre of story that um, we're both going to tell, because I have a story to tell on my own from back in high school. Boy, was high school the worst for yeah, me. Yeah, I can, I can concur to that as well. 
So we're going to tell either a comedic, any story that you want, really. It could be comedy. It could be drama. It could be a serious one. Just um, I did let viewers know or listeners know that my podcast does have sensitive material. Um, so I did leave that disclaimer um, at the beginning of my podcast intro. So um, what story do you have to tell? A comedic story from high school. Or any wow. story. It doesn't have to be just from high school. It could be any story from your life that you want to reflect a comedic on. story. Man, throwing me on the spot. Huh. I think. <laughs> I understand. It's a, it takes me a moment to think of the stories I want to tell because I have so many. Oh, yeah, we just got to start talking. You just get me going. It's okay. Um... <laughs> In college, in college, I needed something to do freshman year. Oh. I needed something to do because um, my first semester, like I had my roommate, my room, well, my roommates lived in a suite. I went to Ho- I went to school at Hofstra University in Long Island. Oh. And like, I was trying to get more involved on campus and try and do things to do. So I thought I would join Ha Ha Hofstra, which was the stand-up comedy club on campus. <laughs> Sounds fun. And I never did stand-up. You know, big fan of stand-up, big fan of Louis C.K., George Carlin, um, Eddie Murphy, you know, Chris Rock, a lot of a lot of comedians. So I was like, okay, I need something to do. You know, people think I'm funny. I have crazy stories. Let me go up and try it. Let me go up and try it. And let me tell you, the first time I went up there, first time I ever wrote something, like I'm practicing, practicing like in my dorm room, practicing in the bathroom, like a moron. Um, and the first time I went up there. I got a bunch of laughs. Killed it. Very, very good. <laughs> nice. Don't remember. Don't remember what. Don't remember what I said. Um, but it was hilarious, and that was like the only time I ever got laughs. And it was like, okay, this is my bit. This is the one bit I'm gonna be telling for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I remember, I remember telling it. Like we went to like an open mic in New York City, and I did, I did the same bit. And it, <laughs> you could hear a pin drop, crickets. Ooh. No one gave a damn. So it was like, it was it was a relatable story, like being part of. Okay, now I remember what it was. So it was a relatable story of like you know, do you have a roommate, college roommate? Um, I have two college roommates. Well, one graduated um, from nursing school, and one still is in Michigan State with me. Okay. So, but you remember like freshman year, right? That, that that first week of meeting your new roommate. Oh yes, I dread that day. <laughs> dread that day. Oh no, man! I got see, I got lucky. See, I, I lived with uh, I lived with Roman. Roman, me and Roman are still pretty tight. But the other two ended up moving out and going to different schools. But so my bit was about Roman. Mm-hmm. It was like okay, like you know, I'm meeting this new kid, first time ever, and the first time he comes up to me, just goes. So uh, when can I get my private time? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, you got business and then you got jizzness. So th- that was my bit and that was my punchline. I guess, you know, made it a little more uh, punctual, let's say. Oh, I see, I see. You know, and the story, story was completely made up. story was completely right. made up. But yeah. like, you know, people thought, you know, it's comedy. So I told that story like in New York City at a comedy club open mic night crickets and I never did it again that's the last time 
That's the last time I did stand-up comedy. I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. There are a few other bits, a few crazy ideas I had. It's like, what if it's like, I'm, I'm big into, I'm a musician, right? So I, I played drums for 10 years. And in high school, I did concert band, right? And I loved concert band. I did like band camp and summer camp. Mm-hmm. I love band camp. Like there was a few songs I just like hummed myself. Now I was like, what if I just went on stage and just like hummed or like went do 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 like no sang like the concert band song to myself. Yeah. It just did this funky dance. No intro, no explanation. Just grab a mic and just start dancing and like humming along to a song I played in band. Never did it, but I always wondered <laughs> what huh. if? What right. if? Always a what if. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, that so that's 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 a funny story that oh I can kick God. off this podcast with. That's that's hilarious. I actually love that story. Um, the story that I'm gonna tell is a story back in middle school. Um, I went to a school called Brenda Scott Academy. It was a relatively big school for a middle school. I won't even lie. Like sometimes I did get lost. Um, but it was one day um, in science class and in science class, it had the science lab in the science classroom. Um, so we're all minding our business. We're all um, looking at the teacher as she's lecturing or whatever. Keep in mind, the teacher cannot keep in charge of her classroom. Like the kids would just, the kids just ran this middle school. And I used to just sit there and just observe like, and I can see how most of these people gonna turn out. So it was one of these days the teachers was lecturing and we all weren't paying attention, including myself, cause um, I already know the stuff already and she was reteaching it. So I already knew it. Um, we had what they call a class clown, like the person who always gives the teacher the most amount of stress. Mm-hmm. So we had mm-hmm. a class clown and it was one. It wasn't the what it wasn't how he did it. It was the way he did it. So I guess he was trying to make fun of the teacher by standing on front, standing on the actual like science lab tables like a crazy person, just screaming, yelling, howling, screaming. I'm just I'm, this is me just thinking. Oh my goodness. I didn't mind it that much because he was a class clown. It was expected of him anyway. So, um, but the next thing he does, um, he grabs a book, like one of those hardcover science books. Um, and on the other side of the classroom, there's like glass drawers um, where they keep all the utensils and science lab materials. So, him, him not knowing that it's a hardcover book versus a softcover book, he throws it at he gro- he throws it as his cabinet and the glass shatters. Oh, and not only God. does yes, and I kid you not, he, the glass broke on it, and then all the beakers and flasks that was in there just sh- started shattering all over the floor, and I was sitting not next to it but like in the middle portion where um i could hear it and glass started flying everywhere so as soon as that happened everybody howling screaming running out the room and the next thing i know the security guard was the security guard stopped all of us and um they're like what the hell going on and I'm, i'm just sitting here like uh short story short our class clown was an idiot and you should probably go check out the classroom so uh the security guard checks out the classroom and she is disgusted and the class clown is still like standing on top of the tables like an idiot he didn't leave with the rest of us 
I'm like, you idiot. You think the most you could have done was hid in the closet or something. So go to the bathroom. Like, yo, teach. I got to take a bathroom break. Right. Or <laughs> something. But he just stood there still sitting. He's just in amazement at what happened. I'm like, you caused all of this to happen. So the security guard and, and this guy comes out. He's still laughing and cackling like everything is so funny. And I'm just like, you really think that's funny. You really almost caused an uproar of people to start throwing shit across the room. And the way he exits is so funny. He pulls down his fucking pants. I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, yeah, this is the middle school I go to, folks. This, that's what I said that whole entire, that's why I said this whole entire day. Like, this is the middle school that I go to for almost three years. I went to, let's see, I entered Brenda Scott. Yeah, almost three years. I entered in sixth grade and left in eighth grade. It was, it was just so much. I have so many stories from back in middle school. It's like, so ridiculous. Yeah, do you, you got now, my brain flowing now. Got my brain flowing now. So I mind like, oh, class, class clowns, dude. They, they continue with you. Like when you when you enter like the like when you graduate and enter the real workforce, you're gonna see they're still there. Uh, yeah. My my very first job out of school, I was a journalism major. Um, oh, funny enough, I'm journalism myself. All right, well, look at us. Well, that's why you have a podcast because your journalists journalists need podcasts. So yeah. my first <laughs> my first job was as a producer at a tech startup like um they wanted to be the uh, the economist on video was the goal okay um and i was the clown <laughs> i was the clown um you know a, a respectable clown a clown with a suit on not literally but like you know figuratively um and then my buddy chris started working there a few months after me mm-hmm. who and then me and him together were like the, the the duo clowns but chris would take it to another level chris would use the snapchat filters where like your face is small but your chin is huge mm-hmm. so it's just like he called it his his the character was nigel so you're talking a british accent and like walk on the office with like this chin filter on his face like filming videos and like go up to go up to coworkers and be like hey, hey look you're nigel or whatever and it's like he, like, like they're working and like he just did he's like one of those sneaky snapchat people where they're oh. working like they're like they're eating lunches and there's this video of like of like, what about coworkers loose, like eating carrots, like in an intense conversation with someone like intently listening and yeah. he just zooms in on her from afar. And it's just, it's just the funniest, most ridiculous videos ever. Me, oh I'm more of a put myself in front of the camera kind of guy. So yeah, I had a, I had a, a segment, a weekly segment called the weekly will down. So my name, mm-hmm. my name is Will, Will Tarashot. And oh, okay. The idea was, at first it was, write up an email at the end of the week to recap everything that happened in production sent to the whole company, like 20, 20, 20, 20, 30 people. Like, all right, I am a writer. I can write journalism, right? You think I can write? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, just met, I, just go to, I go to my boss, like, Nakia, can I just make this ridiculous? Like, you know, informative. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> so I wrote it and just made it completely ridiculous. And eventually it became so popular. The head boncho is just like, Will, we need these, we need these on video. Guy, we put them on video. <laughs> and we like six <laughs> episodes of the weekly Will Down. So one week, uh, the CEO's name is Karam. So one week I did it from Karam's office. I saw that I was like, like the camera's close to my face, it's so psst. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, like this week, and then, and then this episode of Weekly World Down, I'm doing an episode, pull out from Karam's office, right? It's like, how can I get fired this week? You know, just right. little ridiculous <laughs> things like that. And a few months ago, a few months ago, because mm-hmm. um, I've since left the company a few years ago, and Karam emailed me out of nowhere. He was like, hey, Will, you know, I heard you're on this new job. Like, I heard you're doing a phone company. I hope you're doing well. You know, I just want to say I'm proud of you. Congratulations, etc." I go, Karam, great to hear from you. By the way, I saved all the weekly Will Downs. You want to go down memory lane? Here's a link to download all of them. Oh, man. <laughs> he loved them, man. He adored those. And that was like the favorite thing we did as a company. He literally told me, he's like, Will, this is the best thing this company ever produced. I'm like, that's embarrassing, but thank you. So I sent it to him. He just goes, you're a legend. Thank you. Oh well, my goodness! You'll, you'll see, Julian. Once you graduate and get into the workforce, that class clown—they stay. You just gotta be professional. Don't be afraid to quick, quick some jokes yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think of a final story I can tell so we can end off on a good note. <sighs> trying to, trying to think. Do I have any high schools? Oh my gosh, I went. Okay, so I went to a relatively small high school. Um, it's called Davis Aerospace um, Technical High School, and they actually teach you how to like fly airplanes and whatever, and drones and whatever the case might be. Okay. So it was very STEM based. I didn't want to fly airplanes because I'm terribly scared of hikes. Just a little fun fact about myself. Um, I'm scared of hikes. So I said, no, I would not be doing flight training. They, I leave them to the people who would love to go up in the air and do that for a living. Um, but it was senior year and I had a class and I had quote unquote gym class. Um, gym class wasn't really gym class. Like gym class was in a somewhat of a garage sort of area. And it kind of flipped me out because it's like, it's half classroom, half garage. So how exactly does this work? Um, but that was gym, that was gym, that was my gym class. That's how it looked. So it was one of these events. Um, Ooh, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think what's that person's name. Uh, come back to me, but I know exactly what they did. Um, these teachers people did not respect the teacher, much like you know any other school that I ever went to. The students never respect the teachers nowadays. There's a few people who will and a few people who won't. Mm-hmm. Um, in this class, it was just like a free hall period, and it was a mixture of sophomores, juniors, seniors, and freshmen. So it was a combination of all the grades built into one class. And I said to myself, that is a recipe for disaster. And sure enough, disaster did strike this day. So we all go inside our class. Um, of course, the kids, they go off and do their own thing. You know, not just not doing their work or whatever. Um, I'm sitting with my group of, you know, friends that I got cool with over the, sem- over the course of the fall semester. And... Next thing I know, people started fighting out of nowhere. But what makes it so funny is the fact that the classroom and the like actual like I guess gym sector. Um, it had like a little brick wall divider, and these kids were fighting and throwing punches. Next thing I know, someone gets thrown, smashed right into the wall, and I hear a loud boom, and I'm thinking, what the hell? So I go outside the classroom area to go inside the actual like gym area and they busted a big hole in this wall and i'm just thinking what the fuck just happened (laughs) i'm just sitting here my jaw dropped to the floor i'm like are y'all mad crazy 
the teacher just sitting at his desk, not doing a damn thing about it. I'm like, do you not see a hole in your damn wall? So he goes out. He is livid. He get, he tries to give everyone detention, you know, except for me and like five other people because we were still sitting at our desks when all this stuff happened. So he tries to give everybody detention. Next thing I know, the, te- the student's trying to fight the teacher now. I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, this has gotten out of control. So you know how in high school or in middle school they had like these little buttons that call like the office through intercom yeah um yeah well the, i put i pressed one of those boxes and they said they they answered of course they said yeah i just said i just i just told her just listen to what's going on <laughs> so it wasn't until like <laughs> and, i just i just literally said that like just listen to what's going on in gym class right now and the more she kept listening and the other thing I know I didn't hear anything else so um but about 10 minutes later um Detroit Public Schools police and the security guards and administration is all in his classroom I'm thinking oh my god I'm thinking oh yeah they're in trouble now so I think three out of the three out of the people that was in that whole entire incident they got suspended um and everybody else got the, and everybody else got detention after school I felt like all of them should have gotten suspended because they destroyed school property and they put so many lives in danger. I really thought the wall was going to like collapse on me because I was sitting right next to the wall, me and my group. We were sitting right next to this wall and I thought it was going to collapse on me. And yeah, man, gym's supposed to be fun. Gym class is supposed to be a good time. Right. Not people fighting each other, smashing, you know, putting people through walls. I'm just like, y'all. Anyone anyone get hurt? Anyone go to the hospital? No one went to the hospital. I mean, the wall oh, that's was... That's good. That's a plus. Yeah, I mean, the wall, it was very sturdy, so it didn't break all the way through, but, you know, it did, like, the huge, like, dent in it. So, yeah, no one went to the hospital, but I'm just like, I, I questioned the dude who got put through the wall. I'm like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, he, he shook it off like it was nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, he must have been on something. <laughs> But that whole day was mad. It was it was funny because when the students get caught, they like to go off on the teacher or anybody else who's caught or any other adult that like has to go in and help get the class under control. So they were arguing back and forth and I just could not help but laugh. I'm just like, y'all are something else. Y'all busted a wall. Y'all were fighting in the classroom and y'all were trying to go off on the teacher because he was trying to suspend y'all for disorderly conduct. <laughs> I just found it hilarious. They tried to say some words at me and I'm like, yeah, you can say all you want to, but you're the one getting suspended, man. I didn't do anything. All I did was sit there and just watch y'all act like idiots. <laughs> And sometimes you just got to watch, sit back and just watch the world burn. There's nothing, nothing you can do about it. Nah, you see, in middle school, I used to call the middle school the battleground because middle school, I felt like I always had to fight to, you know, defend myself, both physically and verbally. And then once I got from middle school to high school, I was like, yeah, this is the dungeon now where there's no holes barred and one day you may go into school fine and you may come out with a black eye or two or a nosebleed or something. Man, I love middle school, man. Middle school is a great time. It was like the peak of my childhood. Then it went all downhill after freshman year of high school, but middle school, man, I was learning Greek mythology. We were reading cool books. Like my classes were all dope. I was getting almost straight A's. Like. 
My friends were all awesome. It's like, man, middle school for me was just like, there was no chalkboards, which was really cool. It was just some of the coolest times I had in middle school. Some of the coolest teachers. Oh, sixth grade. It was really frustrating. Because like my middle school was three, two floors in the basement. Mm-hmm. And most of my classes were on the first floor, but it was like, we were on a, we were on a seven day schedule. So it's day one, day two, day three through seven. Right. And then, um, they all think it's like day one was one through seven. Day two was two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. And I forget which day it was, but it was one day where my first class was on the first floor. My second class was in the basement. Third class was in the first ah. floor. Third class was in the basement. Fourth class was uh-huh. on the first floor. Fourth class was in the basement. Lunch was in the middle. <laughs> Next class was on the first floor. Next floor was in the basement. So I was like oh, up and God. down, up and down, up and down with no time in between to go to my locker. So I'm walking out with like four books and four binders for six classes, like a, like a moron. Oh my gosh. It reminded me back in middle school, it, was, it had like three floors, my middle school. It had three floors. So mine's would mainly be the top floor and the bottom, and the first floor. The first floor is where the gym is in the lunchroom and where most of my electives takes place. Yeah. And then third floor will be where all my other all my classes take place. And each it was like a pattern: go up, go down, go up, go down. And it was the same. It was the same way throughout um, in the entire middle school years. Eighth grade is when my school actually switched switched to a different district. Um, it was called the Educational Achievement Authority, which turned around 14 of the failing middle and high schools in Detroit. But it okay. kind of dissolved after like after I graduated from my middle school. Um, and the way the class was structured, I was in class from like seven all the way up to four. And then some days I would have different electives. And I was just like, this whole schedule is just so confusing. And then the way we were assigned homerooms was off of um, test scores. Um, so we each semester oh. or each or every few months we take like what we call what they call a Scantron test. And oh. if you score, if you scored in a high range, then you're in an advanced class, advanced level of what we call eighth grade. And if you scored a little like in midway, but not, you know, you're there, but you're not all the way there, then you would be in the second section. And if you're in the third section, it means your score would be like emerging or like below average. So the way yeah. my the way eighth grade was structured was really weird because each time we took a test score, it was like you move up a level, you go down a level and all kind of stuff. I just could not figure out that system for the life of me. I just couldn't. Yeah, think of that. Like, I still don't know how my system works. So in uh, my school system, uh, Massachusetts, it was broken down into levels. So like before high school, well, before junior high school, they had AP classes. So it was AP, you know, the mm-hmm. brainiacs. Um, yeah. Then the, which was a college of the courses for college credit. You know, colleges didn't take them, but, you know, they took them anyway. Um, then under that was level one, level two, and then level three. So I was always considered a level two student. Right. Um, and I think if I had to guess, those were based off of our MCAS scores. MCAS was the Massachusetts uh, comprehension and whatever exam. So it's like our, our state testing. So they probably placed us or recommended us by level based on those test scores. We would take MCAS at first, it was like every other year. So like I think the first one was third grade. 
maybe then sixth, seventh grade. And then like high school is like pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those were based on where they placed us uh, in terms of level one, two, and three. Uh, so that's interesting. I was like, my system. Yeah, it's similar. It's like, it's like my, my cousin's from Jersey, New Jersey. And it's like, so like, are you like a level two student? My cousin Michael's like, what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? Right. I assume like all school students were the same. I say like, level two, you know, are you dumb? <laughs> what are you smart? You're dumb or you're a moron. What right. do you got? <laughs> so, but like, no, but like it's, it's always interesting to me, like how school districts do it. So they think it's, it's, you, you were saying to me, it's, it's based on like an exam we took every year. I was like, huh, that's probably how ours was too, based off exams. Man, going down memory lane. It, as I reflect on going back to my middle school years, it'd be like, geez, I cannot believe middle school turned out the way it turned out. <laughs> Same with high school. High school, it was relatively small. Like in my senior class, it was only about 50. We started with like, let's see, we started with 70. We started about 80 kids. And then after like my senior, after like 11th grade is when we like d- dipped down to like the 50. So it was about 57 really? in our class. Small class. Yeah, it was very small. Um, we did have a couple who did have to go to summer school. They ended up not graduating on time, but they did graduate. Um, and some people just dropped out and never showed up again. So the number just kept decreasing from there. So I think the the latest, the max was 55 students. I think we were 230 or 130 I don't remember. I don't really care to remember, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was more than 50. I think there were about 800 to a thousand kids in the school. Um, there were about 20 kids, 22 kids per classroom. Um, when I was, when I was in kindergarten, I think there were 17 kids mm. around 17 kids. I remember second grade shout out to Miss Sheehan, Miss Sheehan, the greatest teacher I ever had in my life. I love that woman. Um, mm. I remember, I remember her saying, like, complaining verbally to the students, like, out loud about how next year she was going to have, like, 24 kids in a class. Now, it's just like me being, like, an idiot. going, that's awesome. She goes, no, that means less learning. And I go, yes, that means more friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. It meant more friends. Exactly. I mean, but, but she's totally right. Like, she was 100% right. The bigger the classroom, arguably, especially for little kids, the less they're going to learn because it's harder to group in that many little kids. Like if I had a, if I had a high school class of seven kids, including myself, I'd be doing my own taxes. Right. Right. <laughs> I know how to apply for a home mortgage. I'd be, I'd learn so much more, but like it's hard with a class of 23 kids. Oh yeah. Like uh, how is yeah. Mich- Michigan state? Do you have like lecture halls with a lot of kids or is it kind of, classroom based oh it's lecture hall based it's mainly lecture hall based some lecture halls will have between 300 and 600 children in it jesus yeah harsh i think i, I don't almost, i think the biggest class i had at harsh was like maybe 50 60 kids like one of those you know the layered like you see like uh goodwill hunting like a, a movie with college kids in it yeah but most of them were actual you know regular classroom settings Right. We, yeah, we do have regular classrooms. Kids. Yeah, we do have regular classrooms, but then they're, they're like math and science. It is mainly like the STEM like part of things. Yeah. Um, they have big they have big lecture halls. And the most I've probably been in is 450 students inside one lecture hall. Mm. And I don't learn that way because I feel like the teacher's just lecturing. And then after that, I'm like, what did she just teach? <laughs> 
Well, let me ask you, do you feel like, so you're, you're, a, you're a senior getting ready to graduate this coming May. Yep. Um, do you feel like after four years of college, as a, were you always a journalism major or do you switch? Um, I'm at, I'm actually a fifth year, just to clarify just a little. Um, I'm actually a fifth year. I switched my major over to journalism um, in my sophomore year, and then I added media and information as a second major. Okay. So do you think, what might be a better question to ask after you had a few years of job experience, but do you think out of all you've learned in college that you need four years of college to enter the workforce as a journalism major, as a journalist? I don't really think so because there mm-hmm. are some community colleges that do offer journalism programs and not many people and not many journalists I well, at least I know they don't they don't go through the entire four years they only go through two years because they would go to community college first and then okay. two years then they you know they transfer to the public four year university me I went straight into the four years I didn't go to community college I went straight in put it this way I was like yeah the only reason uh, I needed to go to school for four years for journalism because that's what job job requirements were like that's really the only reason like i i could have i could have definitely done everything i did in journalism in two years and a lot of the classes i took for journalism i thought were incredibly useful like we took a video journalism class where you know they give you a camera and they tell you go find a story and then edit it in avid and fuck avid first of all i hate avid all premiere baby oh oh Um, my gosh premiere all the way like i mean all the way Yes, I used Avid in my first journalism like class where I actually had to edit videos with my phone. Mm-hmm. Avid is by far like the wor- most complicated thing I've ever worked with. But yep. I did learn the skills to teach someone else how to use it if they want to use it in the future. Me, I'm using Premiere. Premiere is just much easier. But then you know, there are other courses like how to use photo. It's pretty much courses were how to use the Adobe Suite, which was the most useful course because now I can use Illustrator. I'm okay in After Effects. InDesign was a lot of fun. Haven't used it since college, but I'm glad I had the skills. And like other school, other courses was just like journalists who had a professor as a second job. And I was like, wow, that's really disheartening for the career, isn't it? Where you don't make enough money, you have to teach. You have to teach a class. Um, but we took. I took media in the law, which was. Like as a journalism major, it was, it was like the hardest course as a journalism student in Hofstra. Oh, yes. And it was the most fascinating and it was the most useful course. So it's like, what are you allowed to do and not do as a journalist? And the answer is always, well, it depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends. Honestly, it does. It depends. Just- it depends on the situation. Right. I just took news media. I took media law and ethics over the summertime and it's so it was so much reading in paper and case analysis papers I had to write. Yeah, but that's stuff you need though. That's yeah, that's, stuff, that's right. Like, I understand that stuff you do need, but it was just like the amount of work because um the way Michigan State works is that um you have n- normal semester is 15 weeks. Um, okay. And then yeah, over right. the summertime is accelerated. So it's eight is all of that compressed, all 15 weeks compressed into eight weeks. So I had yep. stuff to do every week. It was yep. so hard to keep up with. All right, man, you're almost done. So what do you, what do you want to do after you graduate? What's, what's the, what's the goal? What, 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 what part of journalism do you want to go into? Um, I've been taking a news production class for um, the past five semesters. So I get to, um, I'm in charge of, 
producing the news and creating the blocks for the news, determining what time stuff goes where. So mm. um, I've been like producer for um, Focal Point, which is my student produced newscast uh, for Communication Arts and Sciences College that I help out with. And um, I've been regular producer and then I got promoted from that to executive producer. Uh, this is my second semester as EP. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, producing, you know, as a, I guess, it's like, when I say, when I say I'm a producer, it's like a different from what anyone else would define as a producer. So like the best way I can define it is I create content, right? Like yeah. you're, so it sounds like like a news producer, like Craig, you know, timing up the show. Yeah. That's production. That's literally yeah. production. Whereas like me, it's like, you know, I edit, I edit, I edit live. I do live production for social media. So and that was my first role as a producer for Focal Point was managing the social media platforms. Yeah. Well, I'm on social. I don't make posts. I just, I actually, well, technically I do. I create the content and stream it out live. So, but, 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 but the, um, the, the, the scripts, the descriptions and titles are given to me. They uh-huh. like, they, they want very specific language. It's finance. You know, like I don't under, I, I don't know half the stuff we're talking about in our coverage. But I don't need to. I seem to make it look good and I make sure it goes out on time. <laughs> so I'm just oh, like, yes. I was like, give me a time description. I'll take care of the rest. So yeah, that is production. Um, but that reminds me of another story I have, which this, this, this to this day remains the greatest compliment I have ever received. So I'm going to tell my girlfriend, she needs to work on her compliments because this is still the best co- compliment I've ever received. So okay. Julian, uh, I was the host of the screening room. Screening room. Um, which was the movie review show for WRHU Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Oh, wow. On, on Hofstra's radio station. Now, wow. Hofstra's radio station was a big deal. Um, at my time of being there, it was a two years running, number one, rela- a number one ranked non-commercial radio station, college or otherwise in the country by the Princeton Review. So it was a big deal. It was 100% student run. So- mm-hmm. Like they were known for their news department, which was huge, and their sports department covering Hofstra sports, which is D one, so pretty big. Not as big as Michigan, you know, Michigan, Michigan sports or Michigan sports. But the screening room was like my niche, my my, my niche. Whereas it's like I could creatively be myself and have fun. It was pretty much my Sunday morning podcast, right? Um, but it was Sunday morning, and I was president of my fraternity, a social fraternity, so we mm-hmm. partied a lot. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Sunday, I remember this one Sunday morning, I just woke up because like I wouldn't go crazy at the parties night before because I had responsibility and I had to take care of the show the next morning. But that night before, man, something just happened and I woke up hungover, rolling out of bed, dying. Oh, man. And like I just got to the studio, sat in the chair and my coach was like, Will, you do not look good. I'm like, I look as good as I feel <laughs> like <laughs> let's put it that way. But, but I don't know what it is, Julian. I don't know what it is. I just to this day. Don't know what it is. As soon as that mic goes hot, that intro is live. That red light sign is on. I am just on like donkey Kong. It's just good morning, New York. Right. It's just <laughs> full energy psychopath. Like the same energy I have right now is the energy I have on every single podcast. And uh-huh. literally halfway through the show, my co-host and engineers goes, Will, you walked in like a zombie this morning. I don't know how you did it. Your energy is better than my cup of coffee in the morning. 
And I was just like, wow, that's, oh, a that's, that's a compliment. I energy. I woke you up more than coffee with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That has got to be hilarious. Man. Going down memory lane was fun. Um, um, do you have a podcast you want to promote or podcasts? You want I to have lots of podcasts. So the first one, actually the most important place you can go is ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com because I am the founder and CEO of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, your number one stop for all things podcast needs. We are a software as a service company based on creating and creating an ecosystem of podcasts. So my number one podcast is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution where I speak to podcasters. I genuinely find it interesting and find out their story, what they do, why they do it and how they do it. Uh, so Julian, I'd love for you to be a guest on my podcast. We can swap details afterwards. My second podcast is called Talking with Tarashuk, where I do the exact same thing. The only caveat is you can't have a podcast because if you did have a podcast, you'd be on the biggest podcast solution. My third podcast is called the Kings of the Rings podcast, where I talk about professional wrestling, not the Olympic kind, the WWE kinds. Uh, we are live every Sunday on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Just type in Kings of the Rings podcast on any platform, both plural. That does it for wow. me, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Nice. Thank you for so much for coming up with fun guests. I love hearing other people's stories and where they come from. And that is the overall main mission of this podcast called Julian's Archives. Thank you so much, Well, and we'll be clapping soon. From bad jokes to broken glass, this podcast episode was definitely special. I love going down memory lane, especially my middle school years, because my middle school years, they're the most comedic and the most funny. You guys will be able to listen to them as they come out every Saturday. But I also want to thank Will Tereshik for coming on my podcast and giving him a recount of some of his best funny stories from his childhood. I mean, who doesn't love going down memory lane? I just want to know. But that brings the end to this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to check out the previous episodes of Julian's Archives so you can get a feel of what this podcast is all about. Trust me, you will either cry or have a laugh. I try to aim for laughing more than crying in each podcast episode. But with that, I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving to those who did celebrate it this past Thursday. And we shall see you next week. Until then, I'm Julian Steinbeck. Have a great week. Thank you.